right, welcome everybody to the Improvement Project Podcast. Oh, I keep doing that, never mind. I'm here as always with my good friend Dave. What's happened, Dave? What's happening? I'm, um, uh, I'm, I'm buzzing, actually. Yeah, you're buzzing. That. You're buzzing today. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be one of your last podcasts for a while, actually. It Sad is. news. But it's a very good one. It's a, it's an episode that I'm, I'm excited. I'm pretty passionate about. We've got online Levi Hildebrand. Am I saying your last name right correctly? Yeah, that, Hildebrand. That's the same very German. German it is. Levi Hildebrand. Jawohl. Uh, I want to call you a... YouTuber. V. Gates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave lived in Germany for a while. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah. No, I never lived in Germany. My ancestors are very, very uh, far back. I've been in Canada from a family standpoint for three generations. So. Good times. Strong German heritage. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Good to know. Good to know. I want to call you a YouTube star. Am I right in saying that? Have you ever been called? Have you called that yourself before? Or Nope. I, uh, I would go by the title of a YouTube content creator because there's so many of us now. I think if we start throwing the term star around too much, uh, the bar gets lowered to a point. It does. It does. Well, I, I read online, actually. Now, I don't think there's any backing to this but i read online that you're considered a celebrity if you have more than thirty thousand instagram followers that's okay, not wow. a very that's not very high is it really considered by who though i have no idea i have no idea right. but that's what this the term celebrity means now so interesting well done levi wow. there we go <laughs> <laughs> work towards i guess <laughs> yeah at least, at least it's okay the bar is low well it's low enough <laughs> that everyone could almost be a celebrity given the little, the little incentive yeah, exactly. you know yeah. uh, but i mean it's something like you say somebody's put a figure on it so it's something to work towards mm-hmm. fantastic mm. yeah Anyway, the, today's episode is on zero waste, um, and I have a number of questions. The reason we've brought Levi on is because you're somewhat, you, you know you know quite a lot about it, don't you? Um, mm. You sort of live your life trying to, to, it's actually, well, Levi's a superman, he saves the world. That's yeah. what he does, man. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So I started the YouTube channel in 2017 when I was on exchange in the Netherlands, and uh I, the whole idea was to create a different conversation around the environmental problems that are going on in our world. If you hear the news or you, you know, talk to your auntie at the dinner table, it's very, very depressing. Everything is about how ultimately doomed we are and uh, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about it. That's and true. that's just kind of incorrect. And uh, I thought that, you know, if we're going to die in a fiery ball of death, why don't we at least... Uh, celebrate the people and the ideas that are trying to make that not happen. And uh, so I started with sort of videos about infrastructure, the the amazing bike lanes and stuff like that in the Netherlands. And that slowly kind of morphed into ways that people could change their own lives, buying particular products because of their environmental actions, and then also implementing lifestyle choices that would reduce their own impact on the environment as well. It's quite, it's quite interesting um, because you're, you're, you're taking it a little bit step further. We'll start off with the bike lanes. Um, mm. I, I've complained about this quite a lot, actually, in my own life, is we don't have enough of them here. Mm. And mm. when we do, whenever we, I see them and you see cyclists on it, cars don't really notice them. So they, they often just merge the, into that lane as well. So <laughs> they're not as effective here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just right. our culture that we don't, we don't care for people. Very often. Uh, well, I think it's uh, bike lanes are an interesting symbolic thing for sustainability measures in general. Like mm. for a lot of these these things, if you're talking about bike lanes or you're talking about 
using your own water bottle, it seems like a big change. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I, I'm going to not eat meat. Wow, that's so crazy. And then as soon as you get past that change, that point of change, once you go from I drank plastic water bottles every single day, I went through my routine of buying them at the grocery store, drinking the entire pack and then buying a new one to now I own a water bottle and I fill it up wherever I am. Yeah. As soon as you get over that hurdle, <laughs> instantly it's not an issue anymore. As soon as the bike lanes are in and they're functional and properly implemented, yeah. mm. everyone stops talking about them. Like it stops being a problem and you actually get to move forward with whatever it is you need to do next. Yeah, I think it's just society forcing change upon us, but we get we get used to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's one thing that we that I'm hoping to talk about today actually is packaging in supermarkets because we're talking about zero waste. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how much waste goes into these things. Yeah. Now what I continually say is it's not my fault because the manufacturers keep producing it, so I just have to keep buying it. Now obviously I can change that and buy loose produce and things like that. Um, but if they stopped making it in packaging, I think we would just get used to the fact that we just have to buy the loose stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Well, we actually had an, uh, an initiative in the city that I live in um, where the mayor banned plastic bags. Awesome. Pretty instantaneously. She implemented, she said, I want to do this thing. I want to get rid of plastic bags. Everywhere in the city, you cannot wow. give a person a plastic bag for their groceries or for the products that they bought in your store. Cool. And it was a debate. People got really up in arms about it and it like counted down. There was like this big thing and then it got approved and it went through and then nobody cared. It was was just like, oh, you just you go to the grocery store and, and the first time, probably for the first week, people were like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Come on. I got to buy one of those bags. Oh, geez. Come on. And they bought the bag. Then the next time they brought it and it was like, there's nothing to talk about. And then the craziest part is because the mayor did it at a municipal level and apparently, according to Canadian law, uh, municipal um, decisions cannot be made outside of a federal framework. So she basically acted out of line. She like did a semi-autonomous move. Good for and her. The bureaucracy yeah. of Canada interfered and uh, they reversed it. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's quite, yeah. quite a precedent they've set there. Yeah. And, and yeah. the thing is, is as soon as they reversed it, everybody went back into that normal cycle. I mean, a bunch of stores mm-hmm. have maintained the bag ban. But, you know, for those who really don't care, they're just they're like, oh, great. Plastic's back. We can make money off of it or we can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't even really know why you'd bring the bags back. I guess it's just a convenience thing and you want to satisfy customers that were already satisfied it's definitely a convenience thing definitely Uh, because we had the similar initiative remember remember, do you remember when they were banned uh they started charging for them well well actually one of the main one of the biggest brands in the uk it's a pharmaceutical company well it's not a pharmaceutical company it's a it's a retail company that do pharmacological products um called boots and I just found out today, actually, that they are they've gotten rid of all their plastic bags, and they're only serving customers in paper bags now, which is yeah. amazing because yeah. that's one of like the biggest sort of high street brands. You do that. There's my hands going again, getting excited by boots. Uh, no, it's 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 true. Um, but what? 
Scotland out of the UK was the first ones to ban, well, start charging for plastic bags. Um, and they only charge five pence per bag. But even that was enough for us to say, I'm not doing that, which shows how really nice, <laughs> scroungely we are with money. Uh, 5p per bag. Exactly. Uh, I'm not spending that. I haven't got that to spare. Uh, but when England introduced it, people were stealing trolleys to get their shopping home. You know, they were stealing the carts <laughs> to get their shopping. <laughs> because they thought, I mean, one, like your weekly shop, it should only cost you about 40 or 50 pence per for all the bags you would need, even if you wanted right. to buy them every single time. But no, they didn't want to do that. No. They've spent 200 pound on, on shopping, but an extra 50p to take it home. Not a chance. Exactly. Take a trolley home. No one has been free. <laughs> That's what for I'm doing. whole lives. As soon as, I think people are so money motivated that that is kind of like the overarching um, I, I think I think the the linchpin. If you can if mm. you can hit people in the pocketbook, basically you can get almost anything accomplished. Mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But that was that's quite an interesting way to start. I've got a I've got a big question. This actually this question came about as a conversation piece between me and two other people, um, and it, it it was a one line question, but it started off to be about a two hour conversation because I couldn't think of the answer, and I'm convinced that it's not the case, but. Is it possible to go completely zero waste? What do you think? Uh, right now, yeah, no. Okay, I, I don't. I don't think that because I think what's what's complicated about zero waste, particularly, is that it's not actually um, factoring in things that are outside of your control. Like, for example, right now in uh, the the municipality that I'm in, glass containers used to be recyclable. Okay. But now if you put the glass recyclables into the recycling bin, they get thrown in the garbage. Really? So, Unbelievable. You know, and then, for example, China stopped receiving all of the recyclable waste from U.S. Uh, landfill, uh, from the U.S. recycling plants, et cetera, et cetera. So now you might be perfectly zero waste in your intentions, mm -hmm. and those things go into a landfill somewhere. So that's like an external problem that you can't really account for if you are, you know, zero waste. Mm -hmm. And also we exist in a world that's sort of hinged on the creation of waste. We're a consumptive society. Yeah. If you are a productive member of society, you are both producing and consuming goods. And right now that is entirely for the purpose of creating waste, essentially, like <laughs> – that I don't think there's a product that you can buy that doesn't involve some kind of packaging that needs to be disposed of, yeah. whether it's recycling or garbage, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, it's almost as though we need to get to the point of finding the next step beyond capitalism to really mm -hmm. get to grips with zero waste in, in a real form. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that that requires a pretty seismic shift that we – probably won't see for quite a long time, but there are some interesting initiatives going on. There's something in the United States uh, called Loop, okay. and uh, it's basically a, a marketing agency that has approached Unilever, Nestle, Coca-Cola, uh, you know, Haagen-Dazs, and all these different consumable products and said, we will take your product we will package it in a beautiful reusable container and we will distribute it through our logistics system in a reusable sort of delivery format. And awesome. basically you pay, 
yeah, it's like ordering your groceries online, except you order them and they come in those containers. You get a loop box and in that loop box is all the products. You use the products, you put them back in the loop box, you order it, you switch the boxes. Cool. So it's like, because have you, I'm assuming you've heard of the circular economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's that's really it, isn't it? Very, very appropriate name. Linking up the whole chain. Yeah. yeah, very appropriate name Trying for to it. Anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but no, I did. I obviously I've been I'm looking at your YouTube videos um, before this, and one of them that stood out to me, your hair is a little bit different actually from it, is the why recycling is so complicated. Um, yeah, yeah, you had really long hair back. <laughs> Yeah, that was those uh, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> the hippie days. The hippie yeah. days, yeah. yeah. But no, you, yeah. The, the thing that stood out to me about it was is how accurate you actually were on the fact of no one knows exactly what they can and cannot recycle. Mm, There's a totally. giant list. I've looked online as well. There's a giant list of things that are recyclable, things that you think would be recyclable but are not, mm. and things that just aren't recyclable whatsoever. And one thing that stood out to me was coffee cups. You know, I like the Starbucks, the ones. Starbucks coffee yeah, cups and things that. like that, and some of it is recyclable and some of it's not, which is gives everyone a giant headache mm. because what can we do about? It? But they have tried to combat it by saying things like you know taking your own mug and you get the coffee cheaper and things like that, which is great, but it doesn't really help. Mm. You know, mm. um, this is this is why I truly think um, like we need to reduce the amount of things that we have to recycle. Like mm. I think. The, the reuse is the R in the three R's that we need to really start figuring out. Because like you just said, recycling is like way too complicated. And mm. it's not like it's universally complicated mm. in the same way. It's different in your city. It's different in my city. It's different in every single city. If yeah. I drive 40 minutes that way, they can recycle different things <laughs> in different ways. Like, like, How can we not just agree that this is how this gets recycled and this is how this gets recycled? I'm sure that recycling (laughs) will be a part of our future. It will be a part of the equation. But every time that you can use this over something that nobody knows how to recycle, you've just immediately reduced the industrial stress of, you know, composting facilities. If Mm -hmm. you make compostable cups. People don't get that compostable cups need to be put into the compost. Mm. Like <laughs> you make a compostable cup, you put it in the garbage, it goes to the garbage. It doesn't just like miraculously go to the right place because it has a sticker on it and a little leaf that makes you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I know I noticed one of the things actually on one of the packaging for fruit that I had and it said on it not yet recycled. Now I don't know if I'm that is recyclable or not. Because it doesn't say recyclable on it. It just says it hasn't been recycled. That's all it says. Now, I think it's pur- it's purposely worded that way to confuse people, to be honest. Because there is there are the recyclable logos that's somewhat universally known, mm. I think you'd say. But it didn't have any of these on it, which <laughs> confused matters even more. So I didn't think it was recyclable. And then they put yeah. this thing on it saying it hasn't been recyclable, uh, recycled yet. Now I, I'm. Just, it's still downstairs. <laughs> it's been there for two days <laughs> because I couldn't get to the bottom of it. And it's not that I'm mad on recycling or anything because it, I just wanted to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So I'm yeah, gonna have to I phone us. That's interesting. <laughs> so it's basically uh, a freshly made 
product. Yeah, that may or may not be recyclable. (laughs) No idea. But it really stressed me out. And yeah, there's a couple of friends of it. Just put it in the bin if you're not sure. No, I don't want to do that. I want to get to the answer because that'll make things a lot more simple for me in the long term. I I really overthought it, (laughs) if I'm honest. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But yeah, it's downstairs. It's been there for a few days. So I refuse to throw it out. Is that what the smell was? Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. No, but let's let's kind of crack on a little bit more because plastic was a big thing. Plastic was the bit. Actually, crisp packets was another one that I, I didn't know wasn't recyclable. Did you know that? I did not know that. There you are. You, what? A worldly thing, crisp packets, mm. chips, or Americans call them. Chips. I'm not yeah. sure what Canadians call yeah. them. Is it? Oh, yeah, we're on the chip train. You're on yeah. the chip train. Fair enough. Um, it's not recyclable, the packaging that that comes in. Yeah, and that's that's uh, kind of why another layer to the recycling issue is like you're mm. talking about products that, for the sake of marketing, have become increasingly complicated. Mm. Like, if you look at you know a cell phone case, for example, there will be two or three different kinds of plastic in it, or it will be entirely unrecyclable at all. Or you look at the packaging that you get your cell phone case in. You know, maybe there's like cardboard with like a plastic laminate inside of it mm. chip bag example they have the reflective inside mm-hmm. of the bag that's not recyclable and then the outside of it is literally melded together you can't recycle them so you know if we're going to recycle things first of all we should make them easy to recycle and yeah. there are certain things that are very easy to recycle like your blueberries or your strawberries come in those little um mm-hmm clamshells that are just you just clip them that's very easy to recycle the, the machine just finds it it just shreds it into little pieces and then they melt it into fiber or whatever they want to use but if you if the machine looks at it and it has to like somehow separate the <laughs> plastic from the paper or something like come on robots are good but they're not that good yeah, totally yeah, not yet anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely definitely so the other thing you, you've, you've held it up before and it looks to be in amazing shape still is your water bottle um, oh no! no. My, my water bottle. For the viewers who can't see, my water bottle is absolutely destroyed. Recently, I blew the bottom off of it um, because we may have had a little bit too much to drink. And when we were on our walk home, it became an impromptu football. And, very nice. Uh, very nice. It was great. It served the purpose. I still use it. I, I, it's somehow like we were like punting it on pavement back and forth having like the most riotous time uh, it <laughs> looks it looks tragic but somehow it is still like sealed tight it doesn't leak and uh, i use it every day but it just it looks like it survived some sort of nuclear event awesome <laughs> keeping cool. that water fresh oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. so you've, you've got to tell us a little bit about that because there's an entire video on your channel dedicated to it um yeah i, I really want clean canteen to sponsor me i've been talking to them a fair bit about it um but they don't have a section for their marketing around influencers which like come on guys it's 2019 yeah. <laughs> but um clean canteen basically makes high quality um vessels for liquids mostly um and most of them are insulated which is kind of their 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 technology that they patented for most of their products and like this thing i don't know what the numbers are exactly but it keeps water cold for like 72 years or something <laughs> good effort. um and it keeps things hot for you know another incredibly long time mm. um 
but it's it's been just like an absolute game changer i think for Mm. me and for a lot of people because water bottles um are like kind of a symbolic thing they're really easy to get on board with because there's no political affiliation you can buy a water bottle and not be labeled a water bottle owner. <laughs> no, it's not like you are going to show up at your next family dinner with a water bottle and people are going to go, oh, they're drinking out of water bottles now. God, <laughs> millennials. You know, so this very approachable entry point, um, I think, gets people to think about the way they use um, the products just more generally. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of these containers, like, they're beautiful. They're really, really well designed. They're colorful. They're they're in the hand. They feel great. They've got a nice finish on them. And they are functional beyond just looking good and solving the problem of waste. Like it keeps your coffee hot for 12 hours or 24 hours or whatever mm. it is. Keeps icy drinks cold. You can go to the beach with a beer in this. And the entire time you're drinking the beer in 30 degree heat, your beer is icy cold. That's awesome, you know. So how are you not well, sponsored I, by these guys? I, know. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to send them this little segment of the. I'm, I'm, on, I'm online by mine right now. Like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think like for people, like one of the things that I tried to talk about on my channel a little bit with every video, I make videos about stuff that people can do that improve their life mm. that also are better for the planet. Because I really think that humans are selfish. Mm. We don't want to do something if it doesn't immediately benefit ourselves. That is and 100% so, true. Yeah. If you're going to make a decision, uh, a, a popular one, then it, then it has to be tied with something that has direct benefit in their life. That's why Matt Diavella and minimalism caught on so quickly mm. is because – it benefits you. The whole purpose of minimalism is not to own less stuff and to stop being a slob with way too much redundant crap in your life. It's to improve your productivity, to find mental clarity, to save money, to, you know, improve your life Mm -hmm. through minimalism. And then, Oh, it also happens to produce all these other things that benefit the environment. And your mental health, etc. Mm, of course, yeah. As human beings, we have—I uh, know a little bit about neuroscience—and there's mm. something called the overarching principle of the brain. So the brain works to maximize reward and minimize risk. So we're, mm. our brain is always trying to protect us, but also trying to reward us at the same time. So whatever it is that particularly if it's a new habit because that's Mm. where things get tricky because habits are ingrained again because of the way our mind works 95 percent of our brain is unconscious which means everything is automated so to to change a habit is to hard re-hardwire the brain but actually what you're better doing is introducing a new habit that will replace the old habit instead so effectively phasing it out but your brain has got to feel as though the reward for doing that is significant enough to take the risk whether it might be social like you mentioned you know that whole oh god he's doing what now right okay that's cool um so getting over those hurdles like the practicality of it, um, that just ties into how our minds actually work in the first place. That's quite yeah. interesting. No, it's, I, 
I think that's the that's the psychological crux of so many of our problems is just like, can you get people there? Mm-hmm. Once they're there, they're fine. Mm-hmm. The new normal becomes very, very easy for the adoption to, to continue into other people. Mm-hmm. You, you see this with, um, you know, electric cars. Everybody thought electric cars were the dumbest thing in the world until they outsold Ford. And then it was like, oh, okay, maybe this is viable. And then it becomes cool. Now everybody wants an electric Mm. car. Mm. Same with meat alternatives. I said this in the very first Beyond Meat video I made. I was like, this will catch on and it will be a massive tidal wave as soon as it becomes either cheaper than meat or introduced into some sort of mass consumptive market. And my Mm. pitch was for fast food. As soon as fast food picks it up, the economies of scale are going to take this thing and they're going to ride it right to the moon. Mm. And you can't stop it because the, the fundamental basis is people will choose whatever product gives them the satisfaction that they want with as little impact to their guilt or wallet as possible. Mm. And so if fake meat relieves the guilt and costs the same or less, there's, there's no way anyone's going to go out of their way to eat a more expensive product that ended with some animal's life being taken. Like no, it's true. Just, you back them into a corner, there's nothing they can do, and their lives are better for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because as soon as you were talking about alternatives to meat, I said McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they took it on it could effectively change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are millions of them. Definitely. There's, there's a critical mass and particularly if the mm. media picks up on these things as well, oh, because yeah. then social proof starts to kick in. And when it seemed to be cool and you're seeing other people doing it, then that's when things really change. I, I mean, I love the idea of having an electric car, but we still don't quite have the infrastructure in the UK yet you know, to actually go and take long journeys to know that actually you'll be able to still fuel up your car. (laughs) Well, a funny story about electric cars. Um, (laughs) My partner's dad um, has a a colleague that has an electric car and he lives, uh, you know, know, he lives in Peterhead, which is about 30 miles away from from where we are. Um, And he comes into to work, into, into our city, and he has to go and charge his car at lunchtime because he can't make it home. Because it's wow. it's just not it's just not there yet, uh, unless you buy like a Tesla, hmm. you know, what I mean? like something that's got the range, but they're just not there. I think he's got a range of something like forty five miles. <laughs> it was it was one of the wow. earlier models of the of he this might kind well of have idea. A bike, yeah, exactly. If you just cycled in, it would be quicker. It'd be easier. <laughs> but it was it was one of the I think it was one of the earliest. You know, the, one of the first electric cars out there. Um, but yeah, he, he couldn't make it home, so he had to go he charge his car for twenty minutes. At lunchtime. Wow. He might want to think about trading that one in. I think I think he might have traded it in now. And I think (laughs) he can he can get home. Um (laughs) But but there is a lot of benefits to having an electric car and I will get one when it reaches the same distance as my current car. Mm. Um that's the thing, because I I actually wrote it down here. He goes, if it's in the slightest bit inconvenient for me to do, I probably won't do it. Mm. Now that's that comes right down to the laziness that I found myself in is if I have to recycle something but I have to take it to the recycling center, but my bin is right outside, then it's probably going to go there, mm. you know, because it's less convenient. This recycling center is miles away from me, you know, but uh, over the last year, I think I've gotten better. You know, I, I don't mind. I, I save it up and then take it down, but it's, it is, it's the slightest bit of inconvenience that just 
is the decision maker, I guess. Well, again, it ties into that risk reward idea. Mm. You know, if something's easy, that's a great reward. So why wouldn't you go and do that thing that's easy? Because it's just, it doesn't take much thought. But we've got so much distracting us as humans now. (laughs) There's so much just trying to get our attention. It's tiring. So, you know, we're wasting so much energy on stuff that is just a distraction. Mm -hmm. So the easier we can make anything, especially if it's good for not just us as individuals, but us as a society, the better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm just, I just want to ask, uh, Levi, because you've, you've obviously got a lot of ideas that you can do. I mean, you had a, you did have a video on uh, a zero-waste supermarket, which is a fantastic idea. Sadly, mm. that, that really hasn't made it over here yet. Well, it's, it's getting there. It's mm-hmm. getting there. I actually found out today of, um, that there's an, an, a shop in our city that has a, is a zero-waste perfume shop. Yeah. Wow. You, you take in a container and they fill it up. It's got huge decanters i guess you'd call them okay. of perfume clone that kind of thing and it's cheaper because of it Interesting. because you don't have the fancy containers now i, I don't I know think that that's how effective like people will have um like i get messages all the time from people who are like oh my god i love blank but we don't have that where i live mm. and i think that's uh like unfortunately because a lot of people just don't google things mm. um and like if you Google zero <laughs> waste, insert blank, there's a chance because I've been around the world and usually there's a zero waste <laughs> store or a zero waste something mm-hmm. either nearby or like right near where you are because these things are boutique, right? Like it's not – they aren't going to have income to advertise themselves. They're not going to have the promotional power to – rank in your seo they don't have mm-hmm. that sort of backing to to push their agenda but now we have like sort of instagram and, and stuff like that that rank really well on on mm-hmm. google so when i was looking for places that were um, zero waste i googled zero waste vancouver and nada showed up and it was it was like oh this is kind of neat maybe i'll go check it out <laughs> and they got funding from uh one of it's either somebody who's involved in Whole Foods or some other grocery chain, but basically they have a big backer. And so they are able to rent pretty expensive retail mm. space. They're able to develop technology to improve the way scale system so that people are more streamlined going mm-hmm. through the experience overall. You know, they're kind of an outlier in that sense, but there's a lot of, you know, bulk food options. That, that you can find uh, in a lot of yeah. cities now. No, it's, it's quite. It, it was. I, I liked it. I thought it was an awesome video. Um, we'll, we'll put a link into it as well. Um, I'm keeping notes as, I, as I'm going down here. But let's let's get down to something. I, I think people are are tuning in to listen and um, to ask for is what they can do to help with the zero waste, but doesn't effectively change their life. You know, they don't have to go out of their way to make it happen. Like, for example, yeah, great well, example about your water bottle. Yeah, that, that's always my first one just because I like it. And, you know, Clean Canteen, if you're listening, you just call me. <laughs> out that Come on, Clean Canteen. Thing. We'll send them an email yeah, on your behalf. Pull your finger well. out, for goodness <laughs> sake. Yeah, this, this, is, this is what the right choice for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think people, people have a lot of misconceptions, as I talked about in the Goal Guys video that I was mm. featured on recently. Um, about zero in zero waste. 
the concept of zero waste was developed at a time where what I like to call extremist um, sort of marketing was really prevalent, right? Like you Greenpeace style, zero waste, we've got to get to zero waste. And so by creating this call for a very, very highly unattainable measure, the norm gets brought up to something closer to lower waste. Mm -hmm. So when, when they said zero waste, they were just saying, Hey, we have a waste problem, people let's do zero waste. And people were like, well, maybe I'll start using my grocery bag. And I think what it, what people need to hear now is it's low waste. If you can reduce your impact, that is a step. And similar to dieting, um, losing weight, working out, you know, reducing your waste is not something that you can fail at. You don't go out and get a cup and they, they put a straw in it, even though you asked for no straw and immediately go, Oh, screw it. I'll just go back to my wasteful ways. You know, (laughs) I can see people doing that. (laughs) It's, it's just sad. People get very discouraged very quickly. And, and I think I project Mm. a certain amount of, uh, confidence and, and sort of I look at how zero waste I am, but like it happens to me all the time. Like, you know, I, I go out and I buy a baguette and uh, the baguette's got plastic all over it. And it's like, OK, well, am I going to shoot myself now because I bought bread that has plastic on it? No, like the bar does not need to be quite so extremely high as zero waste. But here's my sort of like strategy. First of all, you need to know uh, that there is always an option that's less wasteful than the one that you're going to pick and that requires just a certain amount of mental thought you're in the grocery store you're looking at the produce section and very likely there will be peppers three in one bag Mm -hmm. and then right beside it will be three different colors of pepper with no bag there is no difference between these peppers There may be a slight financial incentive to buy one with three peppers, but ask yourself, do you actually need three peppers? Probably not. If you buy two peppers, you're buying the appropriate amount of food, you're reducing your food waste, and you're saving money at the same time. So you apply that to basically every scenario that you go into, and you will naturally reduce your waste as you go along. You're going to have coffee with a friend. And you think, oh, I, I got to remember to bring my cup because otherwise I'm going to end up paying that extra five pence that all you UK people hate to pay. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, right, like, we do. <laughs> it's just that extra little thought process. And that's the first step. And then if you are thinking in that way, you'll quickly realize that the world is not set up to avoid waste. You have to arm yourself with the means to address these these wasteful scenarios so what i've done and i talked this uh talked about this in a video um about what what i keep in my bag i have a container that's collapsible that i keep in my backpack because you'll go out get food to go you you give them the container they put the food in the container you leave you have something with you bring cutlery with you you know there's bamboo alternatives online but very likely you have old cutlery sitting in a drawer somewhere that you just could put in a little container and bring with you chopsticks if you like you know to eat with those uh, a straw if you use straws and then maybe a bag or two because if you go to the grocery store and you have bags you don't need to buy them so those little kits 
along with a bit of mental, you know, cognizance about these things and, and you'll be on your way. And I, I think for a lot of people, you got to understand that this is mostly just to relieve your guilt. You're not, you're mm-hmm. not going to really save the planet by avoiding plastic bags. So don't feel like, you know, this is the be all end all. You're, you're just doing it to make yourself feel better. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Give yourself the means to, to do it. You know, just it's like working out. Why do you work out? Well, to look good and to feel better about being, uh, you know, a slob who eats pizza on the couch, you know, while watching Netflix. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I, know. I think so people true. have got to remember that <laughs> they can they can only do so much because they can only go so far as changing, I guess, a bit of their world. Because I've yeah. got friends who've just recently moved to Egypt and they are, they, they, they come back on holiday, well, they came back home um, during the summer and just said, there is no such thing as recycling there. It is just wasteful. It's like, you know, how things were, you know, in Europe or the States or, you know, kind of more modern cultures or more... Um, mature cultures 50 years ago you know right so but i mean this is like you know will be prevalent in many cases in Af- many countries in africa in asia you know poorer less educated nations um where the vast majority of the world's population actually lives mm-hmm. so you know in our smaller populated populated countries that are you know more sophisticated we will only be able to put a slight dent in actually what is the real problem. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad actually says that to me quite a lot. He says, well, there's no point in me trying because it's not, I'm not doing it. It's not my problem. It's not my fault. And, well, that's the wrong right. attitude to have. That's an older generation thing, I think. But mm. um, What's yeah. the fixed mindset versus growth mindset? Very right much there. so. Very much so. But, I mean, to a certain degree, I can see his point. You know, it is he's not producing the world's energy. He's not going to be the one to save it. Let's be fair. He's not going to do it himself. Mm. But we all need right. to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think, I think people... On this note, like I got a lot of messages about the uh, rainforest fires that are happening in the Amazon. I thought you might. Yeah. And people are like, they're like, there's what do you, why aren't you saying anything? There's this so devastating. I feel so helpless in this scenario. And the, when you look at a big problem like the Amazon, you can blame Bolsonaro and you can say this crazy dictator guy has relinquished any uh, protective safeguards on the rainforest. So now it's just getting logged. It's his fault. But the reality is that, you know, in a country where there's uh, impoverished populations, they're driven to really extreme measures to support themselves. Mm. There is a large case um, for giving people that live near the rainforest sort of access entitled to that land in a sort of more natural way because if they're poor and the forest is there they'll just cut it down exactly yeah. they don't have the education yeah they don't have the education uh, to think about exactly yeah yeah oh there's a the, yeah there's a there's a lot that they could do but it, it goes back to primitive times i guess you'd, you'd call it you know one i need and they have it so mm. yeah what can you do you know? know have you been to this is so what you can do is just buy things that don't rely on that land specifically. Mm. I could, there was a guy on Twitter. He's like, I love how vegans are freaking out about the rainforest, but yet they deforest land to make palm oil, which is, and this thing and 
soy that goes into tofu, mm. you know, you know, eat a steak or whatever and get over yourself. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is a lot of beef is grown in, in Brazil yeah. for Brazilians. And it's largely grown on land that was previously forested. Mm. So if you're in Brazil, there's no, uh, you know, recycling, there's no public transport, there's no, you know, whatever you understand that your actions directly impact the Amazon. And it's the same in Canada, the same in the UK. If you're eating crops that are grown on land that was previously forested, that forest is going to keep getting cut down. Mm -hmm. So I advocate for local food. I have the privilege to buy local food because I have money to do so. But yeah, there's, there is always a way. And if you do a bit of research, you can find some way to sort of act on it um, and then get back to your normal life. You know, because you you do just need to live at at the end of the day. No. Totally. <laughs> Have you been to Sweden, by the way? No, I haven't. It's on my list. Yeah. I, uh, mm. I I made some slight jabs at their backpack, uh, you know, so maybe they won't be so happy to have me back. Um, <laughs> you did. That's the that's the yellow one, isn't it? The yellow backpack. That, yeah, I can't remember the name the of it. Backpack. It's very popular. <laughs> so popular and so overrated, in my opinion. <laughs> I've not seen that one. I'll have to check we'll, that out. We'll send this to Sweden as well. I've got family uh, that's Swedish as well, so I'll oh, send great. it to them. Well, no, it's just because with Sweden, I read, I think it was last year, that they had moved to basically recycle mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. but they got to the point where they ran out of stuff to recycle so then they're having to import waste to recycle to keep the infrastructure they've created going because i guess that's part of the problem yeah. and the challenge you've got in a capitalist <laughs> system getting to zero waste is if you set up infrastructure that is designed to then deal with it when you get to a point where you've not got any left it's like well what do you do now <laughs> go back to your old ways yeah it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sweden and those scandinavian countries always set the bar really high because they are mm. yeah, they basically the opposite of everyone else <laughs> <laughs> tons of money for public infrastructure and like you know these sort of initiatives and, mm. and they make us all look bad um <laughs> yeah they do they, they have such a abnormal level of control over their population like a what's the population of sweden like oh, couldn't tell you know 20 million so, yeah, i would yeah, say about 20, 20 25 UK, million yeah. something like that like it's embarrassingly small and so yeah they're able to control everything they live on an, a little hunk of land and there's only 20 million of them yeah like they recycle <laughs> all the stuff they create it's like one yeah. day in california <laughs> it's like their whole year <laughs> uh, well we're just just looking at it now the last consensus of sweden was just under 10 million oh wow i didn't even uh, realize it was there you are oh. so it's, it's, it's bigger really than scotland low, and it's a big big country though yeah uh, but the laugh of it is their money comes from oil which is in norway so that's hilarious mm. um so yeah. you know it's upside down a little bit <laughs> but, uh, but no you're you're absolutely right they, they do control it pretty well and volvo have committed to only making electric cars yes so wow. yeah mm -hmm. so they, they are controlling it pretty well but you're right you're right they're they're going to get to the point where they have nothing left to do mm -hmm. so what what, what yeah. then i mean we'll cross that bridge when we come to it i guess yeah never yeah. mind never mind Brilliant. Uh, Levi, just to just to wrap up, really, we've pretty much covered everything I had written down anyway from people. Um, how can we find you online? Uh, well, obviously, the uh, the YouTubes, if you uh, look up Levi Save the World Hildebrand, um, you'll find my YouTube channel. Uh, or if you just Google Birkenstocks, 
uh, my video is the number one video on there. So All right. if you're interested in sandals, uh, <laughs> hear my opinion on German sandals. Amazing. Uh, yeah. But I'm also on Twitter and on Instagram. I post a lot more uh, regularly on there because making videos obviously takes a ton of time. So of um, at under, Levi underscore Hildebrand is where you can find me over there and uh, we'll hang out. We'll have a good time. We'll have conversations about stuff that's both uh, awesome and sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Shout yeah. out to all the Birkenstock wearers uh, listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that was a nice, a nice way to round it up. Actually, we'll <laughs> save the world together. Um, yes. uh, to be honest, uh, you, we meet a lot of people um, doing this. They, they, they like to talk a big game, you know. Um, but to be honest, it actually sounds like you're following through with a lot of it as well. And it's it's sort of nice to see that the YouTube videos that we watch, people actually do these things that they're telling us. Mm. You know, I I, th- I I often think when you, the morning routines is the one that gets me. Like, oh, I wake up at five thirty and I do twenty different things and a hundred pull ups before I go to work in the morning. Do you? Mm. You know, and when you say these things like, oh, I, I I practice minimum waste and all this kind of stuff, and I've got this water bottle that I've had for the last twelve years, it's still going strong. But you actually do, so yeah. it's, it's nice to know. It's authentic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm happy that that you feel that way, and uh, you know I try my hardest. So, yeah, look forward to future videos. We're gonna try and go vegan for the month of September. Awesome, very and, good. Uh, yeah, we bought a bidet, so uh, we're gonna be <laughs> trying out some more European style uh, cleanliness. Some hand wiping, lovely, nice. very nice. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> If anybody's interested in that, come check it out. It should be interesting. Yeah, oh, awesome. I'm going to check. I tell you, if you get any good uh, vegan recipes, send them my way because I'm really interested in. Uh, from again, it's like about education. Mm. I don't know enough about you know non meat based food recipes to then go and suddenly say right, I'm going to go and just go vegan because you know my yeah. whole repertoire of food making is pretty limited as it is so i i use um there's a service in the uk called hello fresh which isn't it's getting there when it comes to sustainability but there are other ones like this one called all plants which i'm interested in trying um but yeah it's just the education piece just trying to learn about you know how you can get really good flavor out of really good healthy food Yes. Yeah, I, I hope to tackle that in this video especially, but that's sort of what my channel is all about, is just getting people up to the base level of mm. this is how you can reduce your waste very simply. And here's a few products that you can buy that will help you do that. And here's a few ways that you can implement that in your daily life. So. Um, yeah, hopefully I can answer some of those questions in the video. <laughs> awesome. Oh, we'll do. If we get, if we get any questions for these kind of things, we will certainly send them your way because we are still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I yep. certainly, as am I. Well, we we all are, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We all are. Uh, I certainly don't know enough about reducing waste to the point where I th- feel confident enough I can go out to the world and preach about it yet. yet. But I'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get there. Um, that's a, that's another thing actually. When people started going vegan, they were all very preachy, but mm-hmm. it seems to be coming more mainstream. And I think it's because of what you were saying earlier, Levi, was the fact that it's it's sort of becoming cool. There's a big tidal wave happening mm-hmm. that people realize it's actually good for you, and it's not yeah. that difficult once you get past that first hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I do worry about what I would eat though because I'd, I'm allergic to nuts. 
So, mm. yeah. It, it's, yeah, it seems, seems to be a big, big part of it. I think is nut, it's nut-based stuff. You know? Yeah, you get a lot from um, nuts. A lot of energy. Plus, I really like Haribos, and apparently, you can't have those oh. uh, gelatin or something that's that's in them. So, Marks and Spencers do. Uh, <laughs> you know, their products are all vegan. Yeah, they taste horrible. No. <laughs> Anyway, uh, right, Leva, thank you very much for coming on. It's thank been, you, my it's, man. It's been very enlightening. It has been enlightening. Yeah, it's been well, good uh, fun. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, looking forward to its uh, dropping. Just let me know uh, when it's up. Not awesome. a problem. We'll do. We'll do. Well, thanks, Leah. Uh, like I say, if we've got any other questions for you, we'll fire them across to you. Um, like I said in my first email, it was yeah. It's I feel bad like I'm about living my life now because people are doing it way better than us. So, <laughs> so we'll do what we can. We'll do what exactly. we can. Some to aspire to. Uh, if everyone got any questions, fire them over to Levi. We'll send you the, all the socials um, ourselves. Hello at improvementproject.co.uk, along with the social medias. We'll we'll track them as much as we can as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last thoughts, Dave? Anything to, to add? See ya. Yeah, Levi. Thank you again, um, and we will keep in touch. Hopefully, we'll do this again at some point. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Okay. See ya.